when you go into a game with a great coach and a great game plan, you feel like you will prepare for anything that may come your way. With Love and Light Doula Agency, you will also feel like you have a great coach and game plan. Love and Light Doula Agency specializes in postpartum support, fertility support, labor support, and surrogacy consultations. Call 410-657-8767 today or visit the website loveandlightdoula.com to get started. That's 410-657-8767 and loveandlightdoula.com. Schedule your consultation today. One last time, 410-657-8767. L-O-V-E-A-N-D-L-I-G-H-T-B-O-U-L-A.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and their guests. They do not reflect the views or positions of our sponsors. Gentlemen, tuned in the sideline talk. I'm the humble beast, Coach Herb, in the building. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Coach Tay, in the building. Fresh off draft weekend, baby. We out here. Man. What up, y'all? I don't see any place to be. Draft weekend. What a weekend it was. Wow. Yes. Excellent weekend. Excellent you guys who, who watch the show frequently, y'all know the big thing about the draft is value. We preach value every chance we get when it comes to the draft. And it just so happens, the team that's represented on my shirt and behind me, did a hell of a job in getting value, maximizing value. I didn't even say getting value. They maximized. Like, it's so much value. It's like it's, all, it's stealing at this point. <laughs> like, just even, even in a trade, how even in the trade you get right. robbery-type value? Right. And I say that because... In 2019, Hollywood Brown was the 25th pick in the draft. You have him on the roster for three years, right? Mm-hmm. He says he want, He comes to you, say, I'm not feeling it. <clears throat> the system just don't work best for me. I want out. So you flip the 25th pick from the 2019 draft to essentially the 25th pick and a third-round pick in this draft. Fourth round. Fourth round, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Insane value, man. That's like buying buying a Miata. That's like buying a Miata. I ain't gonna call him a bench. It's like buying a Miata for three years for $20,000. And they take it into a huge dealer's lot. Really, twenty thousand dollars for it, <laughs> right? Like you don't get that type of value, right? It's crazy, so, yo. You know, it's unfortunate that we couldn't make it work with Hollywood Brown, but he's going to a situation that's, you know, works best for him. Well, Godspeed. I guess after we would have to define making it work. I mean, how many targets he has, her? This year, 146. 
So you got 146 targets, you got over a thousand yards, and you can play. All right, let's think about let's let that register for a second. You had that with Lamar being out for six weeks. But but well, and I, and I don't even just that. With also a banged up offensive line, where mm. a lot of it you have to tweak your routes because you ain't got time for a bunch of deep shots. Right. Bro, a banged up offensive line, quarterback out for what six weeks, five weeks, however many weeks that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your first round draft pick being out for what six weeks as well. Yeah. First round wide receiver that's taking tar- that could have possibly taken targets away from you early. And you got yeah. 146 targets. Now, unfortunately for Arizona, you probably get into it later. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six weeks. So, unfortunately for Arizona, but fortunately for Hollywood, you know, you get to prove yourself early. Yeah. And I, I and go ahead, go ahead, T. I was just, I bring that up to say, I mean, what more do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they try, not trying to get you the ball. It's just, I think he just didn't want to block. Like, that's me personally. Like, it's, it's, it's a conservative offensive approach that we've all been talking about. Yeah. I call it playing in the phone booth. You mm-hmm. got dogs on the outside that like to run. You playing in the phone booth. I mean, it works for your offensive coordinator and your offense, but yet still personally, it doesn't work for him. I get that. He's not the first person to ask out of a Greg Roman system. I mean, four players have asked out in the last three years. Yeah, and and we 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 obviously you know highlighting Giro because it's the Ravens, but this system is exactly well not exactly to a science but the um the framework of it tight ends middle of the field possession receivers who can create yak that's the Patriot way that's how Brady got six rings. When you outside in, in in a year that you know outside of the Marsh year when they didn't win, when you really think about it, that's how they got the rings. So, mm-hmm. and so for for uh, a five nine receiver who in college was in the air raid system to go to that, it makes sense. It don't work. But yeah, and, and be mindful. One of the years, I think it was twenty twenty. Matter of fact. No, I think it was 19, 19, the, the 14 and two year. We still played in that phone booth system, but we did take more shots. It's just not as much shots as people like. He's not a possession receiver. Like I mentioned it before, like he's not the, you know, he's not going to route you up, make you miss on a on an eight-yard hitch and pick up, you know, seven to ten more yards. Nah, he's gonna stretch the field. That's what he does. So Arizona definitely works best for him. Um to transition to stay in Arizona. Like you mentioned, D Hop is out six the first six games because of a PED violation. When you look at their um roster, you can't replace D Hop at all, but you still have um 
Hollywood, you got Rondale, you got AJ, Antoine Wesley. Um, who else is out there? I'm trying to think. Did he? Can't remember if they got Zach Ertz and um, Trey McVard for the tight ends. Zach and Trey, yeah. Zach and Trey. So they, they're more than formidable to hold it down, you know, until D Hop gets back. Especially with the NFC as a whole taking the back seat. It's just a matter of, you know, how it plays out. What up, John? I don't think he can hear. Can he? Y'all can hear me? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. he looked confused as a whore. <laughs> <laughs> he like angry man. <laughs> I heard that shit. <laughs> what up, with you? What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's up, man? We were just discussing um a little bit about uh D Hop situation. Uh, we mentioned Hollywood before that and how, you know, he requested all when the system ain't work, and then we transitioned to the uh, Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals last year, to pick up on what we were saying about D-Hop, the Cardinals started off the year last year was the last team that was undefeated. They was the last team to take an out in their record. That twisted, kind of, once D-Hop started missing time. D-Hop. Like, they were winning when Tyler had his injury. Whoever the back, I forgot who the backup quarterback was, came in there and was winning games. It stopped when D-Hop left and Kyler came back. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think everything is – I mean, I don't think one thing would be everything as far as that's, like, the end of their season. But it's, it's going to be – you know, it's an, it's an adjustment period for six weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, still – the jury is still out on Cliff for me as far as if he can really, really coach when it when it counts. So, he could get a ch another chance to prove it to me. And you look at the draft, you know, they added um, Trey McBride, a couple edge rushes. Um, Cameron Thomas and Maje Sanders. Then you factor in uh, who was it? Uh, got some guard help and Hayes and Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma and Lasitis Smith from VT. They had a, a solid, solid draft. And all but one of those names that you just mentioned, we all had on our boards as players that. Um, of interest. Like, if we had a big board, they would be on our big board. Um, not really familiar with Hayes, but Lasitis Smith um, out of BT, I was familiar with. Of course, Trey McBride. Of course, both Maje Sanders and Cam Thomas, we, we talked about extensively. Um, yeah. and, and I guess you got to check in the Marquise Brown with the first pick or whatever. So, yeah. But so I, I think they improved. Um, whether or not – I don't think Lasitis is ready to play day one. I don't even think – I don't know if Hayes is ready to play day one. But that was, like, one of their big issues, if I'm not mistaken, was the offensive line. So Absolutely. To not address that 
right away and bring in a plug and play player. I'm not, I'm not really recalling what they did in free agency, but if they had didn't address it in free agency and didn't address it here, it's like, I don't know what the, the thought process is of it. If I'm not mistaken, they did not. Let me pull, pull up now. Because, yeah, offensive line was definitely – like, I think they're uh, – they needed offensive line depth as well as get a little stronger in the trenches. Like, you had uh, Beecham at right tackle. Um, Calvin Beecham is okay, I guess. Oh. But, yeah. Just, say it again. That's generous. Oh, right. this time, it, it is generous. But I, Will Hernandez, right? That's who it was. They did sign Will Hernandez to play on a one-year, prove-it type of deal. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll be coming in to compete with um, Josh Jones and um, Justin Murray to start as at guard. Outside of that, they didn't address the uh, position. Yeah, that was it. Okay. So uh, let's get to it. Shop it to stop it. We can do it a little different. We obviously shops the Ravens draft. Which other team draft, that draft hall, do you shop? Or stop, for that matter? Stop in the Patriots. You say what? I'm stopping the Patriots. <laughs> I thought you was going to elaborate, but go ahead. Yeah, I was waiting for him to. Yeah. Oh, you need to elaborate. Right. Elaboration. Okay. I'm stopping the Patriots because Cole Strange, last name fits that pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a couple of players that they got in the second round that you probably could have gotten the third or the fourth. Now, I'm not one of those people that like to exclude or quick to harry old people. <laughs> but that might not be the person that you want running your board. Now, in fact, let me take that back. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to put some respect on Belichick's name. He is Aaron Jones. Not Aaron Jones. Aaron Judge. He's Aaron Judge. He going to hit you a couple home runs or he going to strike out? Ain't no in between. Ain't no getting on base. <laughs> I'm either going yard or I'm striking out. Shit my ass down. Belichick? So, Belichick. Really? I mean, he hit home runs with Brady, with Seymour, with um, Adelman, with Gronk. Hernandez. Home runs. Home runs. Hernandez. Kill Harry. He drafted two tight ends and in the very offseason. I mean, it's so that, it's so many more home runs you can you can save with Belichick. He signed he drafted two tight ends and then signed two immediately after drafting them. I mean, come on. I'm jury still out on Mac to me. Mac and cheese. I'm not impressed. Not at all. But even if I was impressed, he took a quarterback in the fourth round this year. Need a backup? 
You had Steady that you just drafted in the fourth round a couple years ago. Like, come on. Maybe. Again, you feel maybe, comfortable with him as your backup? Maybe he ain't like what he see. I don't feel comfortable with – um. How was his name? We ain't talking about Mac Jones. We steady. We, we talking about Zapp, Billy Zapp is an accurate quarterback. So is Steady. If we talking accuracy, <laughs> so Kyle Bowler was accurate. He was throwing eighty-five yard passes from his knees at one point. <laughs> I, but yeah, Tyquan Thornton. I think you could have got that in the third round. You got that early second. Well, mid second. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierre Strong, I like as a running back, but I'm not going to take a fourth round flyer, maybe a fifth or a sixth. And then you drafted a six round running back, Kevin Harris. Uh, I'm just completely out on this this draft. This is uh, all right. All right. I um, guess from go ahead. You want to see? No, go ahead. I guess from a value standpoint. It was confusing to take um, Strange, Thornton, Strange in the first round, and then Thornton in the second round. You lose value. Um, the other strange thing about this was even bringing in Pierre Strong when you got you got two great running backs. You got Harris, you got Stevenson, Aubrey on the roster, and it's a third back. I can't it's escape me right now. So that's kind of a little strange. But I like the players. I like Cole Strange. I think he's really good. Tyquan Thornton is, is a slept-on deep threat. Who could be more? Um, but, like I said, the value was lost. Marcus Jones, I think we've all mentioned, is a versatile weapon. Whether he line up at the slot, whether you put him at a returner. Um, and Jack Jones, who, who we didn't mention, but... I like Jack Jones a lot out of Arizona State. Physical corner. I mean, they got some good players. I mean, it's a, it's a fine line between genius and insanity, and he liked the tap dance on it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was, you know, some head scratching. Like, you could have waited for that player, but, like, Again, it wasn't I it a, worse. I see. I gave it a C minus. Kaiba gave it a C plus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't gonna give it a D or an F. I don't know what these players could become. I could be talking on my the side of my neck right now. Who knows? Um, I think the the people who had one of the most impressive drafts, um I I gotta say New York Jets. Um you get the best cornerback and Amar Gardner, you get um arguably the best wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, and you get one of the top edge rushers. Um at 26 and Jermaine Johnson, who everybody was excited about, you get arguably the best running back in Brees Hall in the second round. You get a really good blocking and receiving tight end and Jeremy Ruckett out of Ohio State in the third round. Mm. Serviceable um, Max Mitchell offensive tackle out of Louisiana, um, mm. Lafayette. And with, with your fourth round and the second fourth round pick is Michael's Cle- Michael Clemens out of Texas A&M. A&M. Can't mm. really beat that, in my opinion. That's just... That's a, a good draft. Now, you can if, beat it with another team, but it was <laughs> – You can beat it, but, I mean, if you're going to have seven seven picks – That's that's a hell of a seven. Seven picks to have, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought the Browns did a, a, a good job as well. Um, they had no first or second-round picks. 
They got um, a pretty good corner in Martin Emerson. They got, um, I guess, the best available for them as Russia and Alex Wright. Um, they got pretty good receiver in David Bell. If you watch David Bell film, he's tough possession receiver. Um, they got the guy we all wanted um, so for interior pass rush, and that's Perion Winfrey. Um, with a fourth round pick. They got my guy, defense alignment, with a seventh round pick. Isaiah Thomas, versatile, multiple technique defense alignment, late. Um, and they got Cincinnati's running back, a running back from a top four college team. So that's pretty good to not have any picks. Um, I do question some of the Patriots picks. Not, I don't question the picks. I just, I don't, you know me. We always, talk, like you said at the beginning of the show, we always talk about value. And I felt like they lost a lot of value. Um, I do like the players, like you said, some players that they got, but you lose value picking them when you pick them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Especially with so many trades been, that went down this whole draft. You'd have thought they would trade back, get more picks, and you know, and still get your guy and somebody else. It's funny that y'all mentioned the Jets because it's not surprising to me that the Jets did well in the draft because of who the GM is and where he came from. Right there. Mm-hmm. That, bird, that bird right there. He, yep. He's an Ozzy disciple. So, right. like, Joe Douglas did a hell of a job, man. I think back-to-back draft, the Jets have really hit home runs. I mean, the jury's still out on Zach Wilson, but if that's your worst pick in eight picks, you know, in two years, right. you can't fault you for trying to get, you know, the second-best quarterback in in the draft. And, and even with that quarterback. Was gone. Right. And even with that quarterback, you got to give him time. Right. Got to give him time. But you got I'm I'm interested to see how they use Brees Hall and um Michael Carter. We need two backs. I'm I know, but which one is going to be a lead? Like that's that's to me is a different approach because Brees to me is more of a speed guy, whereas Carter is your power. You know, you kind of have them playing back before, but which one? Which one are you leading with? I I would tend to think as a defensive head coach, you would want to lead with your power, but he could mm. just switch everything up <laughs> mm. because you know that power back is going to tie you down the, the other defense. Um, I mean, once he tie him down, that speed, you know, is just going to go away from him. Hey. I also wanted to honorable mention um, the the Houston Texans. I mean, that's just – I'm just going to list them. Derek Stingley, you got Kenyon Green, both guys were extremely high on. Jalen Petrie, who we also was – but didn't see a need for, for our team uh, specifically. You got John Mechie as well. You got Christian Harris. You got – Damian Pierce running back out of Florida. Mm. You got Thomas Booker, who we all like. But I mean, then you got uh, your tight end real late, and you got an offensive tackle real late. That's a hell of a draft. Like, even if they didn't draft the last two players, that that top seven players is 
all guys we were high on and all guys that's in my opinion gonna come in and probably start for them right away. Like I'm, I don't know who their running backs are, but um, who's gonna start over Damian Pierce right now? In my opinion, nobody. Christian Harris is gonna start. John Mechie gonna start. Jalen Petrie gonna start. Kenya Green gonna start. Derek Stingley gonna start. Thomas Booker possibly gonna start. Like these, they're all gonna start right away. So like to go in there and get seven starters. I'm not sure what they have a tight end, but to go get seven starters, in my opinion, puts you you put your team in a good position. So yeah, they have. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to tell you who they got at running back. You gonna laugh at? Um, but they got uh, David Johnson. Got, I was saying, no, they still got David Johnson. <laughs> Apparently, right. Um, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack, David Johnson. That's the combination right there. We'll see if David Johnson's still there by the time the season comes. That's a good point. As far as so tight to end, highlight one, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. to, but to highlight, since I said the one that I didn't like, to highlight one, and I hate to do it because they are an unofficial, used to be an AFC Central rival. I think Tennessee had a hell of a drive. Mm-hmm. Besides losing A.J. Brown, and getting the AJ Brown clone that you hope could become AJ Brown. They got Traylon Burke. They got Roger McCrary. They got Nicholas Petit Fred. They got Malik Willis. That's going to be the starter eventually pushing Tannehill or getting rid of Tannehill. Um, Chagosium Oconquo at tight end. Kyle Phillips at receiver. Like they just Hassan Haskins at running back. Yeah, Hassan Haskins. I'm sorry, I got skipped that one. So I asked because that running back out of Michigan. I think they had a hell of a draft as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a draft too. Yeah. What, what, what you got in mind, John? Um, well, first, I'm not as, as critical on the Patriots uh draft like everybody else. Yeah, it was it was random, random as fuck, but you gotta realize they did a lot of free agency pickups. So they feel like they had the team there that they could compete to get to the playoffs and win. Mm-hmm. Trying to do a plug and play. Cole Strain might have been that guy, or Linda Bob might have been that guy. They was like, "Oh fuck that! We're gonna get Cole Strange. He gonna play center. He gonna play guard. He good enough to beat up sixty to seventy percent of the competition against him. We just seen mm-hmm. him beat him. Who, who can beat him? Who's on our team? But well, it's not a lot of them out there. So Cole String is a real good pickup. I mean, probably the college that he went to didn't hurt, didn't help his draft stock, but. Belichick felt like he wanted to get him. He wanted, to, and he got him. Yeah. We all, we all spoke that. If you want your guy, go get him, no matter what it is. That's and, what we said. In the receiver aspect, you know, one of the fastest ones, he's gonna use him. The kill Harry gonna fuck around, be on the outside looking in. So, so you already on the outside looking. Not as crucial on that draft. I, I could say who I did like was I like Green Bay's draft. Not simply because this is it's a whole team, but like you got some good values at tackles. They didn't have a lot of injuries at tackle, and and they're, they're shuffling with their offensive line. I think, you know, drafting the many tackles that you did get and, and the value that you got at tackle helps, helps that. And you got a good deal, a, a good Georgia deal when your defense. You already had a top 10 defense without them. So now that you add them, that's going to help your defense even more. So you play playoff contender team, to me in my eyes. Um, I like what Buffalo did. You get a physical, strong corner. 
You get James Cook as a running back, like, bruh, if you feed him the rock right, that can help a lot of your worries with Josh Allen and making him just be a pocket quarterback. Um, you get Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Like, that's clutch, bruh. Like, I like what they did. Now, I don't like the whole draft, but I just like the stepping stones they took to still be competitive. Absolutely. That 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 uh, Green Bay front, like a rotation, because you got Devontae with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. That's crazy. That's 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 a lot of athleticism. All right, which which player landed in the best situation? Hmm. Uh this is this is such a tough question why I pose the question because I to me it's just it's a really really tough question and I think I might have to go Kayvon Thibodeau I'm thinking Thibodeau but I'm also thinking um I think I might have to go Thibodeau man because just looking at it I could say Logan Hall. I thought Logan Hall landed in the a hell of Tampa a Bay. in Tampa Bay. Yeah, like you just pretty much plugging into a championship defense with a championship, um, a championship coach, a defensive coordinator, and you just taking um, Jason Pierre Paul's spot, maybe or maybe three technique or whatever maybe the case. May be. Yeah, like. But you just taking a, a good spot there. Um, and Kayvon, you playing next to who? Leonard Williams. Um, uh, I forgot the other guy they got from Cowboys last year. But that's a good defensive line as well. So, um, in my opinion, those two landed really well. I think uh, Kenny Pickett landed well if he can produce. With um, that, uh, before you go to the Pickett, with the Thibodeau move, Factor in that Ojolari last year's first round pick for them. I believe he led all rookies in sacks. Oh wow. I think he had like eight or so. So he was an instant impact starter. So you have them two bookends. It's crazy. Then right. not to mention, you know, he's a businessman and he's in the biggest media market in the world. Right. I say personality wise. Yeah. Definitely landed. Perfect. If it wasn't that, it would be like the Chargers or the Rams. Like, and probably not the Rams because ain't nobody staging Donald right now. But mm -hmm. well, definitely, like with his personality, New York is the spot. Yeah. You were saying Kenny Pickett if he's produced. No, I mean you take it over one of the most storied franchises in in history. Um, whether we like him or not, and you're coming into a team with two legit wide receivers in Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, and you're coming into uh, a, a good coach that's never been in a team that's never not won a playoff game or not been uh, successful, never not had been under 500. So that's a good place. You're not coming into some place you got to build from the ground up. You're coming into halfway through. So that's a good landing spot for a quarterback. It's not all on him. All the pressure can't be on him. 
And you got Najee Harris to hand the ball off to. Yep. Well, and he got a, a, a tight end, a hell of a tight end. Not yeah. just because he went to Pittsburgh, though I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's not going to a place where he's afforded. He might be afforded the luxury of sitting and learning, but not really. I think every quarterback in this draft could have sat and learned for a year. I think he can learn on the fly. Right. So you learning on the fly, don't get me wrong, they grab receivers, they grab the receivers that I want. They already got Claypool and um, Deontay there. But you're going behind a young, shaky offensive line. You said you got the run game there. But, nigga, you're going into an AFC North where you got to learn on the fly. And Ojabo and Owe and Bowser and Miles Garrett and the Bengals, whoever they want to bring in, Hendrickson, whoever, coming at you, coming at you six games of the, of the year, six games while you're 16. So you learning on the fly mm-hmm. and probably could possibly versus a shell shot. But and the good thing about Pickett going there instead of the other quarterbacks, is his age and the fact that he played a lot of football. Because he's not mm. coming in as no 21-year-old kid. He's coming, he's 24. And if you look at his progression at Pitt, you could tell, like, this past season, he got, like, he needed the offense like the back of his hand. Right. Like, you went from 13, I think, like, 13 TDs and, like, 11 picks to 42 and nine. Like, like that's that's a pretty big learning curve. So, and then you're comfortable because you've been in that city for so long. You've been around that organization. Because I, yeah, I heard I mean, you see, like, the same building. building. Yeah, they're in the same building, the same practice building yeah. and all that. So, so I, I don't think the learning curve will be as steep as if they went with, like, Willis or somebody. But, like you said, that's a lot. A lot of guys on the fly that you got to uh, prepare for. And if you produce, you're good. Right. But, you know, it shouldn't be a rush. Like, he's coming he come to an organization, like T mentioned, that's stable, whereas he doesn't – it's not going to feel like um, if he don't produce in year one, they're going to be going right back to the draft to get my replacement. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's not a, yeah. a, a panicky franchise. Right. Other place I, I felt – of a quarterback I felt landed as good as he did, not as good as, but close to, was Malik Willis. Like, to land in Tennessee, the ASC number one seed last year, that's that's pretty good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get to come in and you can learn. And if Tannehill not producing, who knows? Like, you know, it's just – so that's a pretty good landing spot as well. Yeah, I, I see that as a better – learning spot not necessarily a better landing spot but a better spot to learn because i mean like you just said Tannehill was the number one seed and they had derrick henry for a lot of the year right so i don't think they're in a rush to really replace Tannehill. they can give Tannehill a year and you know when his contract is up all right cool we got malik you know kind of what they're trying to do in san francisco with trey trey lance right all right so i got i got on the flip side of that <laughs> which player 
landed in the spot that you just like absolutely feel for. Ritter? Uh, yep. I love that spot for Ritter. Atlanta, right? Yes. All right. <laughs> Not all right. <laughs> Why? How many years was Matt Matt Ryan the most hit quarterback in the league? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't this year. Well, last no, year, cause, no, because AV had was blocking for Lamar. That's why <laughs> niggas was still top five. <laughs> that's a young offensive line. Like they, for a second, like all five of their draft picks, all five of their linemen was what first round picks, right? They still got Alex Mack old ass down there. Nah, all right. <laughs> this a kid, John is Lindstrom, right? I think Lindstrom's a center down there. From I, I like it from a standpoint of of one, like I said, similar to Kenny Pickett. He like Desmond Ritter been a four year starter who has seen a lot and been productive. And you go to a system under um, the head coach. What's his name? I can't think of the head Arthur Smith when he was in Tennessee. He got the most out of Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. He was the main reason why Ryan Tannehill in Miami and Ryan, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee looked totally different. Arthur Smith had a lot to do with that. And I believe Desmond Ritter is a lot more talented than what Tannehill did. I, I, I see him in the same vein as Mariota. Maybe a little better arm. But you're not in a situation where you got to start right away. You can learn from Mariota because you you fit the you fit the scheme that they're gonna try to run. So once you get your feet wet, it's your team. In my opinion, the person who probably landed the worst is um, Jameson Williams. I mean, um, if if you've seen the pictures over the last couple of uh, days. Jameson Williams looked like he literally, like, I don't know how to how to how to put it. It looked Maybe like he get that first game jerk. Yeah, <laughs> looked like I can't believe I got Aiden Hutchinson all smiles with holding his jersey up, and Jameson Williams. Well, Williams looked like he just lost his dog. So, um, you got Jared Goff, and I don't think that they drafted a replacement. Not a replacement, but like a did they draft an heir apparent? Nah, waiting for next oh. year. Right, right. So, uh, could be some here for Jameson Williams. Hold up! No, 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 no. Hell no! Who's that backup quarterback? They had to sign somebody. Detroit. They They had to sign. Please, I, I say that because how many games? How many All right, games? which one of these backup quarterbacks you want? They got Tim Boyle and they got David Blow. Which one of them backup quarterbacks you want? Mm. <laughs> they lost the draft. They lost. I, they had a good draft and a bad draft all in one. Because in my mind, like, well, I guess, then again, I take that back because they're, they're handicapped to Jared Goff because of his price. So they can't really address it in free agency. And it can't really be in the Baker Mayfield sweepstakes 
because of how big Jared Goff's price tag is. But if somehow they was able to figure that out, Baker would be that would be a good spot for Baker. It'd be a great spot for Baker, but they ain't got no money for that. That's right, young. That's what. So it's <laughs> gonna be another wasted year. You know how many games last year they could have won if Jared Goff would have been like just mid, just yo, <laughs> not bad. Like that's crazy, yo. Yeah, for as good as a draft as they had. In my opinion, they could have got much more value. And that's just me. That's me, right? Everybody so, can't get value. You got when you got that many holes on a team, you gotta try to find value somewhere. You take Aiden Hutchinson. All right, that's a no-brainer, right? All right. Right? If that's if that's who you want, you take Aiden Hutchinson here, Michigan guy, whatever, whatever, whatever. Cool. Now, me personally. Eight hundred. All right, I I might trade out of twelve to around fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's just me personally, and on, try to type of some more third round picks. They had hold no on, hold, picks. hold on, T, hold on, T, because you're forgetting how they got to twelve. They moved up, right? Twenty spots. Yeah. Twenty. Okay. Wait, wait, let us see again. You move up twenty spots to get. Another receiver when you just signed DJ, Armin Ross St. Brown had what a thousand yards. Right. You just signed Josh Reynolds the same year. You traded up 20 spots to get a receiver when you ain't got a quarterback that's gonna throw the ball. Bro. It sounded like you trade before they got Matthew Stafford all over again. Hey, what y'all doing? But that's what I'm saying. So I would like to know what they gave up. So they obviously gave up what was it, pick 32? Yeah. They yeah. gave up pick, pick 32. They had to give up more than that. Um, and my, what they, they probably gave up, obviously, their fourth rounder. They had to give up their one next year or something. I don't know. But what, what did they give up in a trade? Because it just, you're right. It just don't make no sense. You got three. They gave the, up the, picks 32, 34, and 66. Bro, for 12 and 46. So their first that their second first rounder. Um, yeah, their second rounder. Well, damn. And their third rounder. Mm-hmm. Mm, for um first and second. That's what I, that's too many holes, bro. Too many holes for you to make a move like that for a position that you don't need right away. And, and and the cherry on top is a receiver coming off of ACL at a position mm-hmm. you don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like that's people more, just yeah, that's more the, strange than, than what the Patriots did selecting Cole Strange to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't move up that many spots for a wide receiver unless you. Nah, Mm-mm. I wouldn't. And I don't DJ, understand it. Yo, and, and St. Brown had it with a thousand yards, right? Somewhere around mm-hmm. there. DJ Chuck was a pro bowler. Right. <laughs> DJ was hurt, but he was on his way to some to some yards. And like you said, you just invested that money in Josh Reynolds. So that's three guys. Not to mention Quintez Cephas is still there, who was what a year removed from Wisconsin. Like Hawkinson's still there. Hawkinson get bulk of the catches. I know for right. Time. 
Mm-hmm. Right. What is I mean? He's not throwing the ball. That's crazy. Yeah, his he he's yeah, that's a tough spot for him to land in. He was I, yeah. um so real quick to answer the question, because I ain't see uh the uh, the good fits. I like uh Zion Johnson as a charges for me. Yeah. I like Lloyd to Jacksonville. I like Sky Moore to Kansas City. Seen that one coming. I don't know how we let that happen. I like uh Kenneth Walker to Seattle. I just they just good fits to me for me. Um what I don't like is I don't like Tyler Smith to Dallas. No. Not at all. Especially you you reached for a tackle where you could have waited to the second round. Jermaine Johnson was right there. That's you just can't pass that up. And you put him in a situation where he gotta produce. Exactly. And he ain't ready to produce. I would say oh, right now. Right now, he's not that he's not ready. Nah. I don't like Wondell Robinson to uh New York. That's just not a good fit for me. With like again, you don't know the quarterback situation, you decline a fifth year option. You got the highest paid receiver um payroll and all the NFL, and they not producing. So you adding bullshit to bullshit. Like get some type of foundation, get a quarterback, do something, switch the shit up. Because how you doing it right now ain't working. Maybe it's just me. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Wandell Robinson is almost similar build and similar play style as the first round that y'all trying to get rid of, correct? Who you talking about? You talking about Tony. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Hell no. And Wandell Robinson. Well, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he really they try both to get rid small of small wide receivers that are shifty. You're trying to get rid of one. So why are you trying to pick up another one? <sighs> When you already got like I understand Sterling Shepard get hurt a lot, but you got another Sterling Shepard. Who else to get hurt? Evan Ingram was fucking was hurt. Yeah, two tight ends that was on edge list for most of the year. <laughs> With Evan Ingram and um Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> two tight ends that was on IR for the whole year. That's all that's all the, the bad land spots you got, John. I had more, but I, I blacked out for a minute. So, like, once we kept going up, scrolling up and down, it's, it's, it's a lot more. Right. right. Oh, I got one. That, it's not really – um. it's not a bad landing spot. I just want y'all thoughts on the decision because we just broke down how Detroit got a great player. It's just a bad decision with the Jameson Williams. Jordan Davis is what we believe is going to be a really, really, really good player. But when you look at that roster, D tackle was not a need. Mm -hmm. Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham. These guys can play multiple looks. You know what I mean? If you look at the back end, yeah, Anthony Harris is the only safety that's producing. Mm-hmm. Why not take Kyle Hamilton? I don't know, but I think I mocked. I think I'm not sure, but I think I mocked them a safety later. I think I can't remember who it was, but um, it just don't make sense. It makes sense. It don't make sense because I don't want it to make sense because 
<laughs> the way things took place. But even though I'm happy without pick, which we'll probably get to later, but I just thought that I just never saw that coming from them. Like, and look on y'all face when y'all knew it was that was happening. It was happening. As soon as he yeah. traded up, I say this. That's what it is. Right. Maybe they forgot Kyle Hamilton's on the board like we did. I definitely did. Because, like, it, it just makes too much sense. The safety falls into your lap. Like. Perfect balance for your team. Philly needs that safety. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. Uh, what's the next one we got? The player the Ravens added that you're most excited to see in the game situation is who? Isaiah Likely. Who? Isaiah Likely. Oh. I mean, I think all the players that we got fit what the Ravens are trying to do. I can see it. I can see what they're trying to do. So all of them fit there. But for me, watching Isaiah Likely, knowing I'm not a high Nick Boyle guy, but I appreciate it, right? I appreciate him blocking. I appreciate him being a second fullback on the field. I appreciate that. But he's not a threat in the receiving game. Isaiah Likely is. I think it was some reports that they was in, they were trying to they brought likely in um, because he he could possibly be like a wide receiver as well. So, um, yeah. My thing. I got play. I, I, I would say I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with that just to continue the conversation. But I'm gonna say Charlie Kohler. Mm. Because, in my opinion, Charlie Kohler makes Nick Boyle expendable. He takes Nick Boyle off the field completely because he's six, six and a half. Let's just, let's just round it up, say he's six, seven. Mm-hmm. Over 250 pounds. He's a willing blocker. Now, obviously, typically every tight end gets better as a blocker in the league. He's a willing blocker. However, he's now he's hands down the second best route runner at the tight end position on the team, with even including Isaiah Likely. So you factor in that, you go in 12 personnel with him and Andrews. One, you, you can't match up because he's 6'7 and 250. What you going to put on him? And he's route running savvy. He ran a 4'6", 40 at that. You factor all that in, like, you can play the way you want to play and still be multiple. Even 13 personnel, you put likely on the field with him and add likely to the field, that's a lot of speed. And, and you can still run your, your typical offense. So I'm excited to see how he transitioned, and that's going to make him expendable. Like, especially with you signing Ricard back. Yeah, boy, this is the end of the line. Putting that boy a fullback, but Pat mm-hmm. Ricard could play defensive line. Why would you take the best fullback out for 
I'm joking. You know? I'm just calling that metaphor back. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, um, I'm a, it's, I'm torn kind of between. Obviously, I want to see our job on the field. Obviously, I mean, we were After talking about being on the job on fourteen from January to what? Till he got hurt, right? So obviously I'm excited and I'm, I'm, mo I'm most interested to see Ojabo on the field. Um, I'm also interested to see Daniel Fata lately on the field. Um, excuse Scott, me, because... You had to wait. Yeah, we had to wait. I mean, you're not going to have to wait too long. Oh. August ain't that far away. Preseason oh, you're talking about preseason. I'm talking about regular season. That's why I said game situation. Yeah, right. Because... Oh, okay. My other reason for same game situation is because I'm I'm excited to see some of these undrafted free agents in our um, game situations. Um, I'm excited to see Zacoby uh, uh, McLean in the game situation for the Ravens. I'm excited to see um, what's do out of uh, out of Alabama. Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Um, Bolden. Um, Slade Bolden, Bolden, who came up, who who had a good games in in some of the playoff games and some of the championship in the championship game, crucial third down, uh, short slot receiver, but also a possession receiver. I'm excited to see guys like him. Um, also want to see what we get out of the safety Chris Moore from Georgia State. So these are just guys that. I'm interested to see. I want to see how they match up against NFL talent. And who knows? We could have – well, will the Ravens keep an undrafted free agent? If anybody can make the team, it's probably McClain with special teams. It's probably – it could be Slade Bolton with special teams and his ability if he can return. I don't know if he can return kicks or not. But I'm curious I've, to see uh, okay. Jeremiah Moon because they gave him oh. the most money. I'm not familiar with him, but they gave him the most money. I think they gave him like 30 grand. Oh, the linebacker. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. So, Let me double. Is he a pass rusher or is he an interior? Do you know? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um okay. but he outside bagger and he gave him 35 guaranteed. So that's by far the most. That's a big, it's a big gap between the people that's um undrafted. Okay. Um, the quarterback out of Oregon, Anthony Brown, and I believe they got they got the, his receiver as well. Um, Devon Williams. Williams, right? So, um, yeah. So I'm excited to see those guys in game situations. This is what's going to make. That's what makes preseason so so great in my in my opinion. Like we get to, to see him. We don't really get the camp buzz that we used to get, but. This this is what's gonna make it great. I'm gonna go with the second first round pick. And that's Linda Baum. You already know that you're gonna make Lamar Jackson one of the top five top paid quarterbacks. So how do you how do you invest into that? You get that motherfucker a center who can stay with him for five to eight plus years. And he's gonna he is one of the top interior linemen, one of the highest rated inter interior linemen that we have ever seen. In, in a while, 
And um, I'm interested to see how he goes against the AFC North. Um, I'm interested to see uh, uh, Jones because at the end of the day, he can be he can be uh, what Brandon Williams should have been when he got paid. At the end of the day, so I, I'm very interested to see that. I'm I'm interested to see uh, I think Ross linebacker from Michigan. I'm man. Mm-hmm. If you watch a lot of his uh, game, you see he. The blitz, like he can, he can ease, he can make himself skinny when, when like he can get off block. So I Everywhere. think, I think he's gonna be the one. I think he's gonna be the true one in that in that defensive scheme that mm. coming from Michigan that he's gonna make the team on a practice squad or something like that. That he's not gonna lead the team. So either he's gonna make it special team wise and be a backup, or he's gonna be a, a practice squad guy. But I think he's gonna make the team. Um, Robert, uh, Robert says. That- Zacoby McClain should be decent if he can get better at taking on blocks. He'll be a good player. Roland said uh, he heard Linderbaum is about 308 now. Mm. I don't care what Linderbaum weight is, man. It'll be 235 all I care. Bro, the talent is there. Yeah. The talent is, is crazy. I like the Zacoby McClain free agent pickup. Um I was just looking at his tape. I was excited, but I just knew he just needed like a little bit more fine tuning. So we stashed him on the practice squad for a year, and he get to learn. I think he's going to be something year two, year three. Okay. You know, one of those guys. Um, to answer, you said Robert, right? Robert said that he needs to take on blocks better. I think that's just a that's a bullseye assessment on him. But that's what the Ravens do great. Like they they draft undrafted free agent linebackers and then they turn them into players, right? That's what they do. That's one of the best things they do. So I'm not worried about that. Whoever they decide to stick around, whether it's uh Ross, whether it's McLean, whoever it is, um, great. Like, you know what I mean? That's just a great undrafted pickup. That's what makes makes it so great. We get to see them throughout the, the offseason, um, after OTAs, after training camp, and then into um, the preseason, how they improve, and we'll be hearing about it. So that's the that's the great thing about undrafted free agent season and all that. But I'm really excited to see Devin Williams. I think Devin Williams gives us a dynamic in a wide receiver room that we don't get outside of uh, Benjamin Victor. Like I he's think, the only. Yeah, I think with, with Williams, though, he um... – he need a little more time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he could have benefited staying one more year because you know he has high point ability, but when you watch him, he's just slow in and out of his breaks. Mm-hmm. Really slow with it. So I mean that's something you got the best, in my opinion, you got the best wide receiver coach in the game working with him so definitely could see a, a, a um improvement from him makai pope another one from uh mississippi state another 6-3 receiver that eight is undrafted it's interesting tony says um we can have three undrafted free agents make the team i don't know about that <clears throat> that's a little much three guys make the make the team i don't know i mean if i was going to pick three my three would probably be um, 
Slay Bolden, probably Jacoby McLean, and um, well, I would go those two and maybe uh, and maybe Moon since they you know they they hire him so. What? It's early. It's possible. Because I'm thinking about three guys you would cut. So, like, I'm, I thought the three guys kind of quick. Well, one for sure was quick. It was um, Ferguson. Definitely cut him. I'm sorry. I did not mean to say that, Jalen, out loud. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Oliver. I think Oliver will get beat out. By likely. Um, Out of doubt. If he even make camp. Hmm. I mean, that's guys like Nate McCrary, but it, but like, I'm trying not to pick guys who's on the fringe anyway. You know what I mean? Okay, I like, see what you're saying. But those two, like those two guys, were on the roster. Last year, they was on the fifty three for most of the year. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm, and I was thinking Nick Boyle, just for for you know, cap reasons. I mean, Justice especially Hill. If, if 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 Kolar picks it up well, likely pick it up. You know what I'm saying? But then again, not they would go four. I think they would go four tight ends. Listen, Justice Hill. Who's out again? Nah, especially with the D. He too good on special teams, man. Bedigo had to beat him there. That's how Bedigo make the team, beat him on special teams. I forgot who we have as a coach. You're right. But not even just him as a coach. That's that's the NFL. A lot of these guys we mentioned that's undrafted, they make the team because of special teams. But he's not undrafted. He has six-round pick. Justice Hill's contract is that's, expiring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's still that's still undrafted. In my, well, it's not. But I get what you're saying. But Tyson Williams is on the fringe. Right. Nate McCrary, stuff like that. All right, these are undrafted. Kayvon Robert. Seymour. Not the you put six rounds, wouldn't you? Oh, you said Kevon Seymour? Yeah. 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 Robert Jackson, he cut. Who? Who? Robert Jackson, I think he cut. Yeah, he cut. I don't know how he is. 17, who gave <laughs> 17 when Devontae scored. Oh, oh right. When, he, that got hit when he had noticeable help inside, and hey, bro, he got help me. Gino, tell him I'm right here, and he still went for the fake. Like nigga, nigga, you, no- you got outside leverage. I'm right here inside. I'm gonna jump inside with him like this. Oh, <laughs> oh Rob. Robert says, "Will Chuck Clark start or be shifted to the Anthony Levine role?" He's gonna be shifted to the um. Anthony Spillane role. Not Spillane. He's about it. He's about it. I think uh, Chuck Clark uh, starts. I mean, he has too much knowledge. He can grasp the the um, playbook real, real quick, like he did when he was a rookie and he was a second-year player. I think it's going to take time for that, that whole rotation where he's, like, in that Levine role or he wants to be out. But he calls too many players. And he's the he has the green uh guy helmet to just say he's not going to start. Yeah, when y'all say Levine rolled, y'all do remember Levine was like the special team ace. 
Right. And he only came in on certain packages. Mm-hmm. Like it, as like a Dom backer. Right. It, in my opinion, if they go Dom in that Dom situation, that Dom look, depending on the team, I would rather have um Hamilton there and put Chuck Chuck on the back end in a different spot. No. Just because uh, of Hamilton's range to make plays. Plus, actually, you know what? No, he can remember. play down. He can play down. But but I think I think the typical it's not I don't think it's a matter of like starting. It's just a matter of like snaps. He's gonna start. Like like John said, he knows too much of the defense. He's a defensive signal caller. He's going to start. That's just what it is. He might be out of there on second and third down, depending on what first down do. But he's going to start. <laughs> he's going to get that nigga burn the car, bro. <laughs> I burn the car. <laughs> but, I mean, by drafting Kyle Hamilton and, and, and creating whatever defensive uh, play calling you want, he opens up a lot of doors. Like, you can put hey, him backer. Yeah, you can put him against one of the top tight ends and not be afraid. Oh, he's gonna mm-hmm. get first. Like it's just it opens up so many doors defensively. Like you be like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta wait for one of these linebackers to get burnt. I'm a double uh fast or one of the best receivers, but I know the X factor right over here. I'm not even gonna go over there and I'm gonna still continue continue to get the first down. You can't you can't honestly say that with Kyle Hamilton in the lineup if you depending on where you put him. Mm. Hell of a chess piece, boy. All right. Let's switch gears to the NBA. T, you got to explain this one. The Doc Rivers statement. Teach me. Now, here's what I'm saying. A lot of people were giving Doc Rivers flack because he had um, Joel Embiid in the game that late in in a blowout win. Um. So they were blaming him for having him on the, on the court when he clearly could have been sitting down somewhere else. Like he could have been sitting down and out the game and not gotten hurt. Now, I'm asking you guys, do you guys shop that it's Doc Rivers' fault or do you stop that it's stop Doc Rivers, it being Doc Rivers' fault? Mm. I, I stop I, it. I'll go first. Here's my thing. You you can't you can't shop this if you didn't shop uh it being John Harbaugh's fault that that Dobbins got hurt. <laughs> it, it, so therefore you gotta stop it. Because injuries go, if you if you don't blame John if you blame John Harbaugh, if you don't blame John Harbaugh for for Dobbins getting hurt in the preseason game when he shouldn't nah, be that's that's bullshit. It's happened, right? That's so football. you can't shop Either like I mean I'm all, I'm all for finishing out a game with your starters if need be, and that's just what it be like. I mean you can't say oh well you can't plan on Joe Allen be getting hit in the eye socket and getting hurt or whatever the case may be. Now I thought he was just being soft at the time. I didn't know it was an orbital fracture. I just thought I was like, man, <laughs> thought he was being me. soft for real? Yeah, I didn't know. that bony like, ass elbow. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't know he got spiked in the, in the eye socket. Yeah, like, you he know, got cracked good too. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, like, all right, come on. It, 
I was like, all right, it hurt. But I didn't know that he was going to be like, you know, he ran around a little bit. And I was like, all right, he, he doing a little bit too much. But then it came out that he had like a fractured eye socket or whatever, which I've seen before live. Shout out to T-Mac. Um, my uh, def- uh, opposite defensive end when I played ball. But I've seen him get his eye socket, like his eye socket uh, get fractured live playing football. And then he – turned to me he looked like this the first minute and then he turned away and came back and was like yo this has I look he was, he was like do it look bad I'm like yeah you need to get out of here <laughs> go just check that out. shout out to him though um yeah so I mean I seen that look bad I, and B didn't look that bad is is Mac Mac had to get a plate put in so yeah. but yeah yeah I stop it because um, you can't predict injuries. That's just how it how it goes. Plus, also, we don't know what um, details are in his contract as far as playoff bonuses. Okay. You know what I mean? It could be, you know, he got to play a certain amount of minutes in the playoff in order to get a couple hundred thousand. There's right. been there's been stories of where certain coaches will know a player got a bonus that they're they're about to hit and they'll take them out and sit them because they don't want to give them that money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we don't know what it is, the fine print of things. So I don't, I don't pay that no mind. It's just it's a freak accident, it is what it is. Tony Luster said Travis Jones would definitely be the steal of the draft, bro. I'm hoping you're right. We all was again. Oh. It's just exciting to know, like, we was covered in Jordan Davis, but it was like, if we don't get Jordan, we definitely want Travis. And we got one of them, so I'm good. This was the first year that, for me, I don't know about y'all, I felt like, not that they heard us, but that we saw the same things they saw in players. Like, I do think I got I got a little ways to go in selecting corners for the Ravens. Like, they they obviously have a type of corner that they like. And um, I think that's, like, the only position where I don't have a real grasp of what they were looking for mm-hmm. in a player. Um, but I felt like this year was the first year. Everybody that they, they selected – just looking at this list was people that was on our list with the exception of um, in my case, Demarion Williams. Like I really didn't really didn't see him. Um, so y'all was talking about uh, Badi um, and in the weeks leading up to the draft, especially when we had the IM running back series, I was talking about him too. Like in Isaiah likely, we was how Isaiah likely, especially me. I was how Isaiah likely from the beginning. Like he was one of the, in my we opinion, told you. we told you he was gonna like us. He was gonna like him. Yeah, uh, Jordan Stout. Y'all, you guys talked about about him. You know, coming out or whatever the case may be. Charlie Cola. Y'all was a little bit high on more high. That's on my favorite. Me. Charlie was yeah. my favorite in the draft. Right. I was a, a Jelani Woods guy. Still Jelani Woods guy. Um, Jalen Armour Davis. I like Josh Joe. That's just me. Um, Daniel Fialele, y'all talked about that in February. 
Like, go back, go back further than that. <laughs> I heard you. Right. Right. I said, you know, hey, check out this monster right here. <laughs> right. Once we seen Travis Jones and the senior bowl, we knew what it was. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what it, David Ojabo, like I said, we was talking about him in mm. January being a pick at 14. Mm. Um, John was a Lindebaum guy forever. Like, and then you got Kyle Hamilton. Everybody loved Kyle Hamilton. So I felt like we really tapped into what they was thinking, like, as far as players, best player available. Yeah. I'm going to say I took him off my board. And got balanced. I'm going to say I took Kyle Hamilton off my board. Of course. I mean, nobody thought he was yeah. going to make it. I didn't think he was going to be there. <laughs> What'd you say, John? I said we got value and we got balanced as a team. Yeah. For what we want to um, do. Okay. That makes a statement. When you finish that statement, it, it made sense. I mean, I know my team, so I, I kind of know what we want to do. So even though, you know, you, of course we want a receiver, but Ari DeCasa said, you know, we're going to find some people. We're going to look around. It, it, it is what it is. But I believe for what I, what we want to do, run the ball, eat you up in the middle of the field, occasionally go outside with Bateman. We're going to spread the ball around. So it is what it is. I got a question for y'all. Do y'all think, um like, because I, I remember, um, I think it was Herb or Tay who sent that like little video of the Casa saying, you know, who we gonna get, and y'all was throwing around a question of who you think he was gonna get for the second round. Well, I sent that, yeah, yeah, and it was like, you know, his eye was twitching and shit. I was oh, like, shit. I think he being serious. <laughs> no, but I am, I am being serious. I'm, I'm, I'm asking this question of like, do you think they already had their picks already in? Because he was kind of sure that he was already knew he was gonna get. Yeah, he knew he was gonna get him. Right. He knew, he knew that he knew Ojabo was the pick, and I knew, I thought that it was the pick. I just ain't want to say it and jinx it. Right. But it, it makes you think like in that war room, do you they already know like certain picks that's gonna fall to them? Like, okay, I'm gonna put my shit in now for day two. So since it's like not of yeah. a, a big occasion. It's like that's one of tell you like I want to be in the war room. Like I want right. to see how things shit just go up, go in and go out. And that goes in that goes into um the relationships that they have he has with other GMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those conversations that he figuring, oh yeah, he just feel it. Like, man, I know he looking at them. They ain't looking at no job right here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it worked out. Tony says, uh, man, he worked a lot. Oh, Ojaba was no brain in the second for sure. Okay. Kyle Hamilton reminds him of Steve Atwater. Wow, that's high praise. I mean, yeah, he got that range. Ozzy definitely had input on his draft. Ozzy has input in every draft. Well, what I learned about that is a lot of people have input on every draft. Exactly, and that's different. That is different. I, that 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 uh, article you shared. Gave me a lot of insight on it not being a one-man show. Like, you know what I mean? You said, in the article, it said 37 people were in that room, right? And you notice in that article, which I don't know, maybe we can share it to the to group so they can see it, but they got a giraffe in there, and their motto is stick your neck out for somebody. So if, if you're pounding on the pavement for, for a guy, you're going to get your guy. I believe they had a scout in there. Like they was kicking around somebody, whatever the case may be. And 
They said uh, it was a corner. It was was it a corner? Was it? Yeah, um, he advocated for uh, Debarian Williams. Right. He, he advocated for him, and they was like, you know what? All right, let's go. Yeah. That's that's not only that, but um, I believe they came up and drafted somebody came up and drafted um, a receiver right in front of how Isaiah Likely pick or whatever. And, yeah, um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh did right. And then um, who was that? That guy was going to be the pick, but Pittsburgh got him. And then out of nowhere, it said John Harbaugh was like, well, what about Likely? Like that. And it's just funny to think that you would think you wouldn't think that, but everybody has input. And then they, they say, he said, what about Likely? And everybody was like, well, all right, well, what about Likely? He <laughs> said, Rome, you can find a spot for him, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's to know that everybody's working together like that. That's, that's that's good to know. Like that he values everybody's opinion. And uh Anthony Weaver, who's the, now the D line coach, I think he's assistant head coach now too, right? Right. He yeah. stood on the table for Travis Jones. Right. From the jump. I like that. Shouldn't have been there, but he was there. Hey. That's beautiful, man. And that but and that that points to the fabric of the of the um organization. And why we keep hearing them being first class and it's nothing like it. And not only that, that's that's also reasons why since Joe Douglas took over with the Jets, they've been having great drafts. Mm-hmm. Or why teams, when they look for executives, they go to the Ravens and say, I, I need to get this. I need to get him from there. Get him from there. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful system that they built there. That type of atmosphere breeds leadership, right? So like yeah. you said, when Joe Douglas goes somewhere else, he's already used to being in that situation. It's not it's not shocking to him. It's not a shaking thing. Even with Phil when you think about Phil Savage. Right, back. and he was one of, right, one of the originals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robert said, thank God people put so much stock in the combine. Otherwise, Hamilton doesn't fall to 14, and Linderbaum doesn't last to 25. Paralysis by analysis. That's all that is. Yeah. If they really passed on Kyle Hamilton because he ran a four five nine. Paralysis by analysis. You start looking at y'all how you start looking at everything and you kind of forget the tape that you've seen that made you actually fall in love with this guy. Like, like I was like I started to do the last week of the before the draft. Like, yo. I'm watching so much tape and so much footage that it's clouding my brain of what I actually liked about him in the beginning. So mm-hmm. I can see how it happens. Yeah. But with him, it's just simple. Like, I don't need, I don't need no, your 40 time. When I can, no. it's But two again, plays. if you start analyzing everything, it's, it's called paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You start looking at everything. Like, like the only thing I need to see from Kyle Hamilton is do you show up on, on, on Saturday? Do you show up at big games? It's the moment too big for you. Are yeah. you ranging? All right, cool. Right. <laughs> like, it's I didn't crazy. go back and start picking apart his tape or his combine because I didn't think it was possible that he was going to fall out of the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, with Kyle Hamilton, it was only three plays I needed to see that that stat he was the best in the draft for me. Obviously, the Florida State play when he came from the hash to the sideline to get a pick. I said, that's all I wanted to see, that game. That, that was State insane. <laughs> The play on fourth and one against uh, Purdue, 
they ran like a um like a toss or something. And he came, he read it, and he came through the alley quick. Got the, got the running back for uh like a a, a half yard get loss, whatever, on fourth and one. And the third one, he didn't make the play, he didn't break the, the pass up, but I think it was against Bama in 2020. He lines up like he's in the it's like he's he's a single safety. So he in the middle of the field. I can't think of his Mechie or or the or um or Waddle. Whoever it was ran a nine route. Mind you, he in the middle of the field. I timed it. He got from the middle of the field to the numbers because the ball went out of bounds. He got from the middle of the field to the numbers like 40 yards down the field in like three seconds. I said, yeah, that's insane. I don't give a damn. I don't care nothing about no test. That's insane. He covering a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Robert said uh, Trayvon Trayvon uh, Walker became number one pick because of, he ran four five at two seventy five. I think that's Not- part of it. <laughs> that's definitely part of it. However, whew, watch tape. <laughs> watch tape, bro. Watch. I stuff. still would have took Aiden over him. Me personally, I still probably would have took Aiden. Never would have took Aiden. You say you would have? I'm. I would have. I would have gave up whatever to get up to get Trayvon Walker because, in my opinion, what he does versus the run is better than anybody in this draft. And he can pass rush, and he bring that type of mentality. His intangibles is what makes him the best number overall number one pick. Aiden Hutchinson is really good. But Aiden Hutchinson is closer to his ceiling than Trayvon Walker is. That's true. And that's that's not even a doubt in my mind. That's true. You know, one of the funniest plays, you know how, like, they show um, each play has that one moment, like, damn, that was crazy. Like, Trayvon, when he, in the uh, the bowl game, when he killed the pulling center, the pulling guard for uh, Michigan, he took on that block, that was insane. If you watch, just watch that game again. What Aiden Hutchinson does to tight ends who try to block him is absolutely hilarious. Georgia has a tight end that's like six, seven, six, eight, two hundred and like seventy-five pounds, whatever, right? Is it the freshman? I might be. I don't know. He's a big kid. Aiden threw this boy like you would do your child. Get the fuck. Move. <laughs> I said, yo, that's insane. He got drafted. Absolutely insane. We got a question. What veteran receiver fits on this team? Jarvis. What other veterans out there right now? Jarvis, Odell, Julio, Will right. Fuller. Um, damn, I'm just looking at the list. I'm a, let me get the list now. Um, T.Y. Hilton. Um, Hmm. Let's see. That one for me is, is T.Y. I mean, T.Y. is Jarvis. That fits. All right, so let's just let the record show the age on this list. It's like 29 and 28 and over from what I'm saying. 27 and over. Mm-hmm. 
the names that you mentioned outside of Jarvis. To be honest, I <laughs> I'd rather stick with the young guys. <laughs> and it's no it's no no disrespect to the guys that's out there on the street because you know they they can still play. It's just for what you want in this offense at receiver, guys who can win one-on-one, who has strong hands and yak ability. You have that. Just have to use them. So why... I don't, I don't understand why investing more money there to bring a, a veteran in to start over these guys instead of giving the shots the shots that they earned or deserve. Oh, if they Proche, earned it. Proche might be 5'11". But Proche go gets the football. The, the better question here is which cornerback, which veteran cornerback will the Ravens bring in? And Can we address one one issue at a, at a time? <laughs> I mean, why receiver is not a, a priority? It's not an issue. Yeah, let him play. Let him play. In, in my opinion, I'm fine with letting him play. I'm perfectly fine with that. But only in Baltimore do niggas say just just not add a weapon. Like, what type of mentality is that? No, Al, no, no. That's not that's not <laughs> what we're saying. We're not saying that. You just said that. You said I'd rather just let him play. That's what you just said. No, no, no. But you missed the back end of that. Because if you add a Jarvis Landry, you're pushing another weapon. You're, you're, all you're doing is stunting the growth of a young player. Can't that young player still get in? I mean, Jarvis Landry don't have to play the whole game, right? You can rotate people, right? You can rotate people, Al, but when the it's system... never a problem to add another weapon. It's never an a bad thing to add another weapon, ever. Let well, me ask you that. But but it's, when it's, the system, is that out? All, right, all right, so Taywan, help him understand why the system that the Ravens run caters more to tight ends than it does spreading out with four plus wide receivers. I know what the system that the Ravens run and what it caters to. That's why that's why we have the draft that we have. I understand what it does. Okay. But what I'm saying is, when is there a problem with adding another weapon? We had a great draft. I'm not knocking the draft at one bit. I love the draft that we had. Two things can't be true though. This is a weapons league. The problem you is you're, you're disrespecting the weapons that you already had. Not, not only that, I'm helping them out. It's a problem when you bring in Michael Crabtree and he don't produce, but you play him the whole year, right? Because you paid him, right? It's a problem when you bring in um, Sammy, Watkins. Sammy Watkins, but you play him anyway, even though he's not the better option because you're paying him. It's a problem when you got Willie Sneed on the field, but you're paying him, so he's so he's so you're playing him over what could possibly be a better option. What we're saying is this is when it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem when the better options are not seeing the field because of you you got so much money locked up into a guy. How many times have we said this? We advocated openly for Willie Sneed to get, get out of here because we want Willie Sneed to hit. You, you advocated yourself, Al, for 
Sammy Watkins to get out of here because he's not producing. Right. He advocated for Michael Crabtree to get out of here because he's not producing. So instead of bringing in somebody, so, tying money into that, why not just let the young guys play from the dub? So the Ravens MO is adding a wide receiver. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Is that not that? It is. That's the problem. That's why we say let them play. So, so and, and plus when you hear multiple times from the GM and the head coach, multiple times this offseason, say we like our young guys. It's about time for us to give them a shot. They said the same thing when they drafted Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace. No, they said the same exact shit. You no, you missed. You I missed like it. our guys. Say adding all saying no, but you receiver. No, but you missing. And then they added two more wide receivers. I like, get what you're on. saying. I get. They said that flash. That was smoking mirrors because when you look at that roster, they didn't have a number one guy like Rashad Bateman. I just wanted to make sure we're looking at the same goddamn roster. All right, cool. But cool. I don't. Uh, hey. To me, to me, if you you streaming out got veteran guys like Jarvis Landry, who going to command a nice cap number, who has the intangibles to play in any offense, knowing the history and the system that the Ravens run, you had to overpay him to come here. Same thing with a Julio. Same thing, like maybe not with Muhammad, somebody like Muhammad Sanu. That'd be Muhammad Sanu probably be the best veteran that we could bring in. At 86 and years old? He's 32. You can't have it both ways, Al. Muhammad Sanu is 32. He can still run routes. He's a big receiver. He could block. He still gets open. If you need any proof, watch his take from this season. But you see, you see what I'm saying? That's a bad move. But bring somebody like Muhammad Sanu is a proven vet, but you can still allow the young guys to prove themselves. Anybody Muhammad other than Sanu that, you, you really... Years old. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My bad. Go ahead. You said 32 but, years go, old. Go ahead, John. Tell him, John. Tell him. You can't have it both ways. Right. First of all, what, what can uh, what can't Duvernay do that any other veteran receiver out there right now can do? Please tell me. Because when Duvernay get the ball in his hand, he makes shit happen. And he, he can is, stretch the field. We've done seen it on trick plays. The same when it Muhammad Sanu is 32 years old, he'll be 33 when the season starts. Jarvis Landry is 29, he won't be 30 when the season starts. You what's missed the difference. Are we asking what's the difference? No, on, you're bro. missing the difference. The you're difference the is point. the money, and because of the money, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to, you're stunning the growth of another young player. That's all we're saying at a position that you don't really need. You don't really need to pay, you really don't need to play another. Uh, a high, a higher price veteran receiver coming and stunt the growth of capable players. You set up your mouth all year long. Prochet get on the field in Denver had what seven catches, seventy some yards, and, and then the next right. week he's on the bottom of the bench. Another week he has like eight. He had a hundred yards the game in Detroit with Hollywood dropped four touchdowns. Prochet had damn near hundred yards. Like he's a proven like let the man get a real shot. Right, understand Save that. Your money. We're saying the same thing. We're saying the I'm same thing. Sure. I'm just adding we're something not. to it. We're not saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. I'm adding something to it. No, you're I'm, saying let the young guys get their shot. I'm saying let the young guys get their shot. But what I'm saying is, what is wrong with adding another weapon? 
whether it's uh, Corey Graham, um, trying to think, uh, what's the other dude that y'all just mentioned earlier? I forgot his name. Brandon Carr, somebody like that. You get them, they come in and help them produce. A veteran to go over there and then until Jalen Armour Davis get ready. It's, it's some other corners available. You got Chris Moore's available. Kevin, um, <laughs> Chris Moore, <laughs> Jason Barrett, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan's available. Xavier Rhodes is available. These are all Janoris Jenkins, Richard, no, not, not Richard. Um, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, these are all guys that's available that I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't mind having any of those guys. We can bring Kyle Fuller back home, personally. Now, that's a position where they you can rotate corners. Mm-hmm. That's a position. A position that's that's mm-hmm. Two of them coming off an of injury. All right. And then your third best corner is Brandon Stevens, a, a rookie who played mostly safety. And then you got yeah. the small – then you got two slot guys. You got the one in the draft this year who had to me, he, he kind of reminds me of Tavon and um Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh Darius was played safety at TCU, but he could he could play the slot pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um what's the boy from Northern Arizona? Khalil, Khalil Dorsey, another slot guy. Let me change my pick. I'll change my pick. Xavier Rhodes. Do you bring Xavier Rhodes to come play outside and then you let Mark? How is his foot? That's I don't know. They, they foot. work on that foot, but you bring him in, even if he can't play till week three or four, that's still a veteran. You got enough money right now, especially when you, if you cut Sam Cook, you cut, um, what's the other dude? Uh, the tight end that uh, John said cut earlier. What's, what's his name? Oliver. You cut Oliver. That's, yeah. that's your money to get these deals done. It's all about fit, scheme fit. And if you, like you said, I think, I think you're overlooking somebody, though. That corner? Like, yeah, like, in my opinion, like, I, I, I agree with the Chris Harris take. But I would rather have Bryce Callahan over all of them. Because okay, he, he is Chris Harris, but younger. He fits that Chris Harris. He, well, he was raised under Chris Harris. What I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Is that a movie character? Bryce Callahan? Yeah. Sound like <laughs> it could be. No, talking about Bo <laughs> That was Tommy Boy. Bo Callahan. <laughs> draft day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you really want to be old, you talk about uh, what's the uh, Farley movie? When he, uh, Tommy That's Tommy Boy. Boy, right? Yeah, Tommy Boy, yeah. <laughs> Callahan and Callahan. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Callahan Auto, go ahead. Lost <laughs> Boykin Watkins in Hollywood. We need a veteran wide out. Eh. Sure. No. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. What corners we had? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He ain't bad. Yes. <laughs> All right, who y'all got in the second round of the playoffs? We had over the weekend, we had two really good games. We had the um, Boston and Milwaukee, and then Golden State and Memphis. Um, 
I got Golden State, and well, it's not fair for two of my best, my top two favorite players. But I got Golden State, and I got um, Milwaukee. I agree. Uh, Milwaukee looks uh, inevitable. Uh, Golden State, Steph had a bad shooting game, and they still won. Steph Both had a bad, bad shooting game. All of them Gronk, did. I mean, Greek and uh, Curry and Clay Thompson, free throws missing. Yep. And Draymond got thrown out. And Draymond mm-hmm. got thrown out. some BS. I said sweep when they went looking at the <laughs> – I said sweep, so I'm sticking with the sweep in that series. So fatty. Uh, it just it's just because the team is too young. You can't say, is it fair to say Memphis is at the Oklahoma City stage when KD and, and Westbrook was too young? Hell no. No, it's not uh-huh. fair. Only because they were like they were established stars. Not when they first got there. They didn't go to the finals when they first got there. Ain't nobody picking them to go to the finals. <laughs> But my point is they, they were already established. Like I'm just saying they're a top young team, but they're just too young right now. All right, yeah. From that standpoint, sure. Sure. Um I thought the Milwaukee Milwaukee series is a bad matchup for um Boston because the size difference. Size difference in Milwaukee can play they, they multiple. It's just a, it's a bad look. Do y'all think that he got a uh Dallas and Phoenix? Dallas got a, Dallas got a <laughs> that's shot. why he probably got off. That's why he probably got off. He won't try to hit no slander. <laughs> so I actually think Dallas he got a shot. Got a shot. I'm gonna be watching because it's every time I watch. I don't get to see the Luka Doncic that people rave about. I don't ever get to see that. That's because you got biased eyes. No, I just don't ever get to see it. Like, every time I watch him, he got, like, 10 turnovers. and He's just a bad watch for me. Him and Zion are just horrible watches for me. Last time I watched Zion, he blew out his goddamn finish. <laughs> and it's been hurt ever since. Like, I just got in my just opinion, bad watches that- for me. In my opinion, there hasn't been a more exciting player in the playoffs than Luka so far. And that's probably because I haven't watched any of their games. Boy, must see TV, <laughs> man. Watch, watch. As soon as I watch, you're going to have like 10 turnovers. You're going to put a post up like it was our fault. They lost by 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just a horrible watch for me, yo. Uh, Philly. What was it Philly? I, I think Miami going to beat them. Heat. Miami going to beat Yeah, I got them. Miami beating them. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we can do this again next week. All right. More NBA talk. I don't know. We probably have some football talk mixed in. Football never ends. So we always have football talk. I don't know how we traded or picked up. Right. Probably had a veteran receiver or something. What fullback we had next week? All right, fellas. I'll take us out. Be blessed. Be productive. Be more. We love you. We out.